You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner, and we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves work wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey. The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started. Welcome back to Dare to Develop. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner. In today's episode, we're welcoming the creative geniuses behind Bloom and Blueprint, Kate and Erica. How do you know the two of them, Ashley? So I had the pleasure of working with Kate last year when I flew down to Arizona for a one-on-one with Ashley Ray Photography, a hybrid film photographer in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and did a creative editorial as a team. And Kate was one of the creative geniuses behind that. She designed the most epic hot pink ombre fine art editorial for me that also included puppies. So we will link to that in the show notes because I want to show off their amazing florals and creative design. So we hope that you enjoy today as we hear them talk about how they dare to create a unique and colorful event. So stay tuned. Today on Dare to Develop, we're so excited to have Kate and Erica of Bloom and Blueprint on today. Yes, we can't wait to hear from them all about daring to create unique and colorful events in an industry that has historically favored pastels. Thanks so much for being here today, Kate and Erica. Thank you for having us. We're so Yay. excited. Yes, we'd love to start with getting to know you two a little bit more in your business. Sure. So this is Erica. Uh, Kate and I have been best friends since we were 12. Um, <laughs> so we are decades into uh, this relationship and just can't shake each other. <laughs> Hopefully Christine's still around. <laughs> and six years ago when we were planning Kate's wedding, um, we just took all the work that we did on her wedding and really just felt like a business could come from that for a couple of reasons. We felt like a company that is structured how we structured Bloom and Blueprint was really just the smart way to do it. And we didn't see that it existed in our market at the time. So we created a dual approach company that highlights both planning and logistics and aesthetics and decor um, and made them live under one roof, which also made sense because it's sort of who we are as people. Um, so I'm definitely more of what you would consider the blueprint, like the planner side of a wedding planning company. And Kate is more of what you would describe as a wedding designer. And she oversees the um, aesthetics and sort of the vision for our events. So we come at you from a two-way approach, like yin and yang, which is how we've been since we were kids. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And then just personally, I am a wife and a mom. So by the time this airs, I will probably have two kids. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> uh, five weeks away um, from a quarantined birth baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we live in the Phoenix area. I love to cook and really enjoy just celebrating my family and spending any uh of the free time that we do have with my family. Mm -hmm. I love that. And Kate, can you tell us a little bit about yourself too? Yes. So hi, I'm Kate. I'm a wife and a puppy mom. And (laughs) my husband and I love Disney. We have an annual pass. So we go, you know, as much as we can. We're like itching to go now that 
I know. It's closed. (laughs) I've always been a cornball, and that's why I got into the wedding biz. I just love love and color. And let's see, what else about me? I'm a terrible cook. I post (laughs) everything. I feel that. Yeah, we all feel that. Um, I am trying to get better and learn some new things while I've got some time. I have a little sister who's only nine, so that's really fun. I'm going to Girl Scout camp with her this summer. Oh, that's so cute. Yes, yes. Should be entertaining for sure. (laughs) And that's pretty much me. I just love, you know, creativity and crafting. And luckily I get to do that as a job. And it's also personally what I like. Love it. Amazing. So we'd love to dive a little bit more into daring to create unique and colorful events that you two ladies are amazing at. Love it. So cool. So can you tell us a little bit about what makes your planning and design company unique and what kind of events aesthetic do you love to plan and design? Sure. So I think what makes us unique outside of the aesthetic of our events, which Kate really has just a, a fantastic handle on, is the structure of our company. So like I mentioned, when we started six years ago, there weren't other companies structured like us. And we felt like our approach was really unique. And at the beginning, so did our clients. And now we see that structure a little bit more frequently in our market, which we think makes a ton of sense. So I'm happy Mm -hmm. to see that other people are doing it. One of the things that I think is most unique about us is obviously there's an aesthetic that you see um, Mm -hmm. in marketing, like on Instagram and on our website and in behind the scenes that we post. But I think something that's really important to note too is that we definitely have a bit of a chameleon style. So while there's definitely personal aesthetics that we lean toward, we can really do anything for anyone. And we definitely (laughs) prioritize guest experience and individual story employment blueprint, which I think is a unique feature. So we want our couples to be the center of our design, whether that's like the logistics piece of design and then the literal design piece of design. And that you couldn't like plop the two people out and plop in new people sim style. Like it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's really what makes us unique. Um, is not only our structure and our approach to how we tackle events, but also how we bring the couple forward in their event. I love that. So personalized. Mm -hmm. Yes. How do you two kind of uh, bring that out within each event with each couple being being so different each time? Um, I was trying to think about this and I was I came up with a little bit of a formula. So I would say like our B&B formula when it comes to design is like funky, unique, and colorful. And I would say that our clients, each formula is a little bit different per client. So maybe one client has, you know, heavier color and then unique and funky, you know, fall behind that. But I think we stick very strongly to those three elements, not Mm -hmm. all of our clients are particularly like rainbow <laughs> for, yes, right, for their wedding. Right. So I think when something reads like really B&B, I think it's because it's presented in a funky and unique way, whether that's mm-hmm. the custom details that we do, whether it's the way the floral is designed or the layout of the room. We always go for funky and we always go for unique. And then color is obviously, you know, per couple. We obviously have a lot of couples that love color, but then we have some that love neutrals. So we're going to pull heavier on our funky and unique elements in those yes. cases. Oh. So I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's how we have, have been able to do it. I love that. It's like a balancing act, but you always, you always have a little bit of all the components, but just they weigh differently for each client. Exactly. 
So how have you two over time been able to kind of find your specific aesthetic that you love or your niche in this industry? Ooh, <laughs> it's been a journey and that's what it's all about. It is. That's uh, true. We want to know all about it. We just landed right here as we are now. Perfect. <laughs> um, that would be, that would be oh, the goal, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so like anyone else, we have definitely been through a like transformative journey for in the six years we've been in business. Our brand has definitely developed over time. What has stayed true is exactly like what Erica mentioned in the beginning is our our, our model has never changed. We've always been super transparent. We've always been slightly fun and casual in our approach to planning and design. But I think what's changed over time is obviously the aesthetic and the recognition of that of that out in the market. Erica always tells this story. In the beginning, we did hundreds, and I mean hundreds, of styled shoots and collaborations, <laughs> and that took a lot of time and a lot of money. And obviously, yeah. those are great opportunities to to get out there, and meet new people, and create content so that you can develop this, you know, brand and company. But I think what we learned after the first two years is that we needed to be strategic about what we were putting our time into because all of our time was being not wasted because obviously we learned, but I was doing, you know, designs and aesthetics that were nowhere near who we were or what we wanted to be. And then I had no time available to put into, you know, developing stuff for our niche and what we really wanted to be as a brand. So I think that's how it evolved over time is finally starting to say no to the things that didn't make sense for us and prioritizing our time and energy into the things that we knew we wanted as a brand. So I think in year three and for the past, you know, few years, that's what we are. And I think that's why our brand is more recognized now um, as having kind of this niche is because we finally had time to truly hone in on it. Yeah, I love that. I know I started in the industry as a wedding calligrapher and I would do the same thing and I would just make products for all these style shoots that were so far from the aesthetic that I loved creating or I, the types of clients I wanted or, you know, was working at with a photographer that wasn't necessarily an aesthetic that I would love to show in my portfolio or anything like that. And it it definitely takes a couple years of hard work and hard lessons to get that, (laughs) to drill down into you and make you willing to, you know, comfortable saying no, but it's definitely such a powerful lesson to do. She's not even kidding that we were doing hundreds. Hundreds. It got to the point. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine. (laughs) I don't. And I feel like you ladies go all out in everything you do. So I can't imagine that times hundreds. (laughs) I don't even touch our Instagram. Like Kate oversees our Instagram because that's in line with her role as our creative director. But it got to uh-huh. the point where I was getting on the gram to say no to people before, yeah, before I'm, I'm, she could say yes because it just I I just knew that we were going up like we were going into a tunnel that I couldn't see the end of, and so yeah, yeah. I genuinely took over the Instagram for a couple of weeks and was like, nope, sorry, we reached capacity. Nope, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, oh and I God. mean that's a powerful lesson that you're saying no to something so you can say yes to something else. Exactly. Absolutely. I think had we not gotten out of that, we would definitely not be where we are today. But without that cycle and without learning that and and having to like bust our butts and do all of that along with all of our clients, like we definitely learned how to hustle and we continue to obviously like hustle and hustle and hustle. So it was like definitely a learning time, but Mm -hmm. 
I don't think we would be who we were without it. But mm-hmm. my advice would be to others is like, cut that time short. Like, don't do that for two years, you know, do that for a few right, months, get right. out there and, you know, just get your feet wet, but do not continue that cycle for too long. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I feel also the, the more things you do, the more you realize what you don't want to do. Yes. So, so true. you're like, okay, not doing that anymore. <laughs> like, where am I moving to? Yeah. So I feel like, do like I you like? talked about, you guys found that niche real well <laughs> and stuck toward it. So yes. how do you two being best friends and business owners together, divvy up all the tasks and the responsibilities? So it's been really helpful in that we have like genuinely been yin and yang since children, since childhood. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't have been more different. And I think that is the value in our relationship is that neither of us wants to do what the other person is great at because we each, oh, like yeah, that. we each have a skill set that makes a lot of sense for who we are as people and what we're good at. And we just structure that into a business. That's why we feel super strongly about our structure and our approach is because it wasn't just like made up. It was based on our skill sets. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and your personality. Exactly. So I manage the behind the scenes of Bloom and Blueprint. I run our team and our payroll and, you know, make sure that we have an office to go to and warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, of course, with our couples, I am their planner. So when you think about a wedding planner, I am doing all of those things, um, maybe not with a headset, J-Lo style, but definitely (laughs) behind the scenes doing recommendations, um, managing timelines and layouts and, you know, vendor communication. And then Kate is doing everything that I'm not doing. And I'll let her talk about her role as creative director. Thank you, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. So my role with our clients is to develop their design. And I do that in a variety of ways. So we do like, you know, obviously a design meeting and we talk really deeply into the look and the feel of their wedding. And most importantly, like what guest experience elements we can bring in because the B&B trademark is to make this wedding unique and stand out. From there, I have just developed kind of a process. I do like a mood board to make sure we're all on the same page. And then I can share this mood board with other vendors that are going to have a role within the design component. So like the clicker fur or the linen place or the rental company. And then from there, I just dive deep and do a really comprehensive design that touches, you know, from beginning to end with customization recommendations and all of that. And then I just, I'm their little elf the rest of the time and just kind of, (laughs) you know, bringing all of the design vendors together for them. And then of course, day of making sure that it's coming to life, how I promised it would. I love that. So do you ladies screen your potential clients to see if they're a good like design aesthetic fit or do they, do your clients tend to give you pretty much like ultimate creative control? Like what does that look like? Yeah. So off the record, we've had a few Voldemorts, (laughs) you know, of course I've had some clients that just weren't a good fit, but has taught us to figure out how to know that they are. So from the very beginning of our business, our first t-shirts ever were good brides only. I would say that number one, good brides only is really how we, I guess, hypothetically screen our clients is we want to do good work for good people. And that's Mm -hmm. really where it ends in terms of their design aesthetic or their taste. If they're drawn to us, they probably have a little bit funkier of a taste. (laughs) So that goes back to, you know, putting out content that is appropriate for who you want to come and book you. But we don't necessarily have a, you know, like a model of a ideal client other than 
that they're a good person, that they recognize the work that we do and value it, and that they understand, you know, our multifaceted approach, which is, you know, planning, design, and then we have our in-house floral. I would say creative freedom. Yes, we have gotten to a place with, I feel like a lot of our clients that they are giving us the freedom to design really unique things that, you know, we're not able to find on Pinterest. We have to just be able to, you know, tell them about it or render it the best that we can. And I guess that goes back to um, in the beginning of our business, we had a lot of coordination clients. So we're not getting involved with them until about six weeks before their wedding. So at that point, Mm -hmm. all of the decisions have been made. There's no like design work happening. There's no planning work happening. And over the years, we've developed into more of a planning company. So I would say, I don't know, like 80% of our clients are now planning clients. Yeah. Um, so we're with them a year, year and a half before mm-hmm. their wedding day. So we're really able to kind of drive the boat there. And I think we're able to develop the type of trust that we need to have the freedom creatively to do some really, really cool things. Like this year, we got to do like a rainbow cactus wedding. We did it. Yes. And, you know, and they were a client that came to us and then we're like, we like tequila and we like colorful things. And then we were able to build it out into pretty much. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Love Literally it. tequila and yes. color. Yeah. Yeah. That. that sounds like me. So I'm yeah. like, I do. That is actually They sure. were such a dream. Can I have a tequila and color themed <laughs> baby shower someday? Yes. <laughs> I just want to be able to drink it in tequila, but everyone else will. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I think just through our process, we're able to gain their trust to to come to come at them with some cool unique ideas. So yeah, I would say we definitely are getting to a point where we have a lot of creative freedom, which is definitely makes it really fun for me. <laughs> yeah, so fun. So how have you guys found like the local market has responded to your specific niche? I think it's been super well received. And I think part of that is because that evolution that Kate has been talking about happened relatively mm-hmm. gradually. So it's not mm-hmm. like we like jumped onto the market as one thing and then completely transitioned into something else and then was hoping yeah. that that was going to be accepted. I think the gradual transition into where we always wanted to be but had to get there in an organic way because that's how business works was really helpful. I think that in general, like, well, our niche really is like colorful and funky events like Kate has mentioned. I think what's important to note is that we control our marketing just like all companies. And so I think every once in a while, a client comes to us and they really like the general idea of Bloom and Blueprint. But sometimes a person who's maybe not as colorful like Kate mentioned gets slightly turned off by how much color might be in our marketing materials. But as a a consumer, you have to remember, like, we get to choose what we put out into the world. And so all... 160 weddings that we did in 2019 weren't like throwing up color (laughs) but that is what we get to put out because that is a a personal style and what we hope to continue to do Um, so I think it's important for us and also for our consumer to realize that like you still have a conversation with us. And I think it's very often that a client might come to us and their initial discussion during the consult is like, well, I know you guys only do color and I'm not super colorful. It's like, no, we do fun, funky and authentic people. And if you are any of those things, you know, you fit within our, yeah, you Mm -hmm. fit within our model. So I think Mm -hmm. every once in a while, we might have a person who just never inquires because they get maybe turned off by this niche (laughs) that we've created. But I think Uh if they inquire, 
and we get to have a conversation and they get to know who we are as people that often, you know, makes that person feel like they fit into our niche too, even though they didn't feel Mm -hmm. like they did. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I know both of us like from time to time have struggled with that. Like Christine does love some funky design elements and I love color. And I know I like, I get scared sometimes (laughs) with Instagram. I'm like, am I posting too much color? Like, (laughs) well, there will anyone that's like, I want a neutral wedding, not even think to inquire. And so it's very encouraging to hear that even you guys feel that way, but that once you have a conversation with them, you can really explain what your your thought is behind it and what you love and how you're there to cater to them mm-hmm. too. Exactly. So where do you find your inspiration for your events? <laughs> I don't even know. Honestly, like just inside my own brain, I would start there. Luckily, I'm jealous. <laughs> Luckily, I'm, you know, I have the perfect job for like my skill set. Like it's this genuinely is my dream job, which I'm so blessed to say. So I would say definitely, you know, growing up a little crafty girl that always liked like musicals and theater and color and crafting. And that's where I really draw it from. I would say Instagram, of course, that's such an amazing platform to see what people are up to. I look at a lot of interior design for inspiration for events. I think that they do an amazing job with like their color play and adding in different textures and patterns. I love patterns. I would say I'm really um, inspired by themes. I always try to push a theme on our clients. (laughs) And what have been some of your favorites? Yeah. And it doesn't need to be an in-your-face theme, but an underlying theme to help us pull um, elements in is helpful. I even do that like for my Mm -hmm. husband's birthday each year because I get overwhelmed on trying to think of a gift. So I just pick a theme and then I have to fit the I have to fit the presents into that theme. Yeah. Yeah. So like if if you know, if someone out there that's listening is is planning their own wedding, like if you can think of, you know, a theme that fits the two of you, it's easy to find inspiration at that point. Like I mentioned, we did that tiki wedding. They are like tiki lovers. They go to tiki bars all over the country. So once we knew that would be an element or like an underlying theme of their wedding, it made it much easier for me to design out an event that kind of fit all together within that. And then I think thing that inspires me the most is just getting better at what I do. So lately, I've been really trying to learn how to better design and render ideas for our clients. I feel like the better I can show them what it could look like, you know, digitally, um, then I can be more inspired. And then I feel like they're more inspired because I'm like, yay, look at this idea that I was actually able to render and show you and then they feel they feel better about it. So I feel like I get inspired by just making myself better so I can better explain to our clients what we can do, especially if it's not out there on Pinterest and I can't find an example. Yeah. So what are some of those tools that you're using and learning about to help show that to your clients? Okay. I'm going to blow everyone's mind. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So I actually just use slides on the Google suite. So in the Google or Gmail in your drive, there's a program called Mm -hmm. slides. It's a really easy system, but I just build out our designs in those pages. I make all of our um, concepts into different PNGs. So I like remove the background so that I can make Mm -hmm. it really clean, you know, so I can show them a ceremony site, you know, so I'll bring in a structure and then I'll install the floral and then I'll bring in the chairs Mm -hmm. just so people can really see what it's going to be like. 
I feel like in the beginning, I didn't know how to do that. And we probably lost a lot of good ideas just because the clients couldn't visualize that. And so it's my job to make sure that they can visualize it so that they can feel comfortable and excited. So I feel like once I started working with these new tools, so just slides, um, this is the secret. I use clippingmagic.com and we can link it. Yes. Um, So it's a very nominal fee per month and you just drag your picture in there and it magically removes the background. I used to fiddle with Photoshop for hours and it just was not effective for me. So this is a really easy tool so that you can have all your ingredients as PNGs so that you can really, you know, render something really crisp and nice. Yeah. So helpful. Yeah. I love that. And get to show them. And so they can trust you a little bit more. Like yeah. You said, and then yeah. Because sometimes like we all describe things differently. I might be saying, oh my gosh, we're going to mm-hmm. do this circular wall. That's going to have an ombre installation of feathers and pompous and floral. And to some people that might be really scary sounding because they're picturing like party city, eighties, something, you know, and I'm seeing something yes. like really chic looking. So the better I can be at rendering it so they can see it. I feel like we've had way more success in people saying, yes, that's what I want for my wedding. I trust you. than than when I couldn't do that. I totally agree there also, because I often found myself being a middleman because while I am heavy logistics brained, like I also am a little bit creative. And so I would sometimes find myself in between like Kate and the client. And so she's saying something and I know exactly what she means and I know what it's going to look like. And I know, you know, that they're going to love it, but the client just isn't like speaking her language for whatever reason. And so I was like almost like a translator every (laughs) once in a while. So (laughs) helpful. Yeah. To say like, this is what she means, but that's frustrating for the client. And it's frustrating for Kate because like, right. She's then talking to me who has, and then turn like literally to my left and be like yeah. what she means is for people who are more left-brained like me um, and I genuinely feel like we really haven't had to do that since we started doing the slide renderings because people who think like me still have eyeballs like they can see yeah. <laughs> yes yes it's been definitely a game changer for us that's awesome. Yes. I love that. So why do you feel like it's important for vendors, wedding vendors specifically, to find their own ideal aesthetic? I just genuinely think it comes down to authenticity. So I think mm-hmm. authenticity is super important just in life. It's it, it's an important part of my personality, like to be a straight shooter. Um, and I genuinely feel that in our business too, because I think you do your best work when you're doing what you're best at. If yes. you're asking someone to do something that doesn't feel comfortable to them or doesn't fit the way that their brain works or the way that they envision their life, or, you know, there's a lot of reasons why things just like, we're not awesome at everything. We all can't be awesome at everything. And so I think knowing what you're good at and then doing more of that is the best way to live authentically. And that's going to come through in your brand. If mm-hmm. we only talked about like luxury weddings and you know all this like multi-million dollar work that we did that wouldn't feel authentic to who the two of us are as people and Uh everyone would see that and feel that because that's not who we are Mm -hmm. and so I feel like really finding value in who you are and what you want to do and making sure that it's what you do best is is just super important in being successful um, because it's genuine and people are going to feel that genuine nature uh-huh. That's so good. Is there anything on your your two's journey that you would change that you learned from? Ooh, hmm. 
maybe not doing 200 styled shoots. I'm just kidding. Um, I think that just being more firm in who we were in some situations, like I can't think of a really perfect example, honestly, but I know that there's been times over the last six years where we were challenged and we caved when we shouldn't have Mm -hmm. for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Maybe it was like, Oh, that's, that's not what we thought this process was going to be like, or that's not the aesthetic that I thought I came to you for. Or like, you know, those little things that just happen the more that you're in business. And there Mm -hmm. have probably been times over the last six years where we've caved in that situation and like backtracked on who we were when I feel like we really should have stood firm in our, whether that's our, the value of our process or our aesthetic or our policies, whatever the case may be. I think we do a really good job of like owning who we are and being who we are. And that works for us. Um, But I'm sure there's been times where we didn't and maybe we should have, and we use them as learning opportunities to evolve to where we are now. Hey, Christine here. We'll get back to the episode in just one moment, but I wanted to share with you all a little discount code on my print shop. If you're needing any prints for your house or your workspace, go check out my landscape photography at christineherman.com. There'll be a discount code of 20% off if you use the code dare to develop. Now back to the show. Do you ladies have any tips for how photographers or other industry vendors um, can just facilitate a similar transition of niching down, really finding their own unique voice or aesthetic in their business. Yeah, definitely. Over our six years, we have learned some things. Um, We're not perfect and we're still continuing on our journey and we'll continue to evolve as well. But I think being strategic with your time, you know, we don't often have as much as we have right now, (laughs) but (laughs) um, in the beginning of your business or or even if you're well into your business, I'm just putting effort into things that make sense for you is super important. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Like she mentioned, I was so exhausted and so over it that I almost wanted to step away. I was like, I am done um, because I was filling everyone else's cup and I had nothing left um, to fill our cup and really be the best, you know, business partner and creative director that I could be. So I would say definitely being strategic with your time and only putting effort into things that make sense for you and your brand. And then just simply um, making yourself that little three-part formula that I kind of talked about, like that keeps me on track as we're, you know, developing designs or making business decisions or interfacing with clients. I always go back to that, like, you know, funky, colorful, and unique, like that's who we are. And I would add authentic, like Erica mentioned quite a few times, that's such a good word for us. And I just kind of go back to that. And I try to stick to those, you know, principles as we navigate down this road. And mm-hmm. what else, Erica? What else do you say? Let's I think see. from a logistics perspective also, it's like we're super blessed that we have each other. Like we realize that our structure doesn't work for everyone and doesn't exist a lot in our industry. We see a lot of people that are mm-hmm. one man shows. And that sometimes can be hard mm-hmm. too because you don't have that second or third person to bounce ideas off of or to make sure that like, 
you don't go crazy or that you have someone to share responsibilities. So if you are lucky enough to have a business partner or someone doing this with you, even if that's a spouse, like doing the things that you're good at and letting them do the things that they're good at. And if you are a one man show, knowing that you can't be everything to everyone. And so sometimes that means having to hire out, which even we have to do and making sure that you're not over, you know, emptying your cup in the way that Kate mentioned that if you're really crappy at bookkeeping, don't try to keep your own books, hire someone to do that. If you're super creative like Kate and you want to rebrand, like hire someone to do that. I feel like we're really lucky to have each other and that's been really helpful to our growth and our success, but we know that not everyone has that. So do what you're good at and find Mm -hmm. people who are great at the other things. Yes. A lot of outsourcing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we both have learned that lesson the hard way over the years. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing a lot about how you've dared to create your own unique and funky <laughs> and colorful niche in the market. We'd love to move into a time of fast facts for both you ladies to answer so our listeners can get to know you both. Is yeah. that okay with you? Perfect. Awesome. So first up, what is the favorite tool that you love to use in your business? Um, From a logistics perspective, I'm going to shout out aisle planner. So we started using aisle planner at the very beginning of our beginning of our business, and they have evolved just as much as we have in the six years. So they're a fantastic cloud-based software that helps you really streamline processes. And we use it for a lot of pieces of our business. And it definitely keeps me sane. Before they evolved into what they are now, I was building out a lot of functionality in G Suite um, and had like spreadsheets Mm -hmm. up the tush. iOpener over time has evolved to include a lot of those things. And it is a game changer in our business for sure. I loved it. When I was uh, getting married, I was able to use Aisle Planner and loved it. It was so easy just to see everything and get everything just organized because that's just really not me when it came to my wedding. So it was awesome tool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How about you, oh, Kate? I got to shout out clippymagic.com again. Uh, <laughs> my favorite. Um, and then I would say Instagram. Instagram has been life-changing for us in terms of being able to reach the clients we, we want to and be able to, you know, for free, have a platform to put our work out on and to interface with people. I would say Instagram and clippymagic.com. <laughs> I love it. it. Love it. What is... Uh, your favorite post-wedding snack? Oh, I feel like Eric and I both are going to say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> there is a restaurant called Zips here, and we love their mm-hmm. veggie burger. And Erica has oh made it even more amazing by adding blue cheese and buffalo sauce. And yeah, so, Ooh. yeah, that's Good like kids. our meal that we love to go and have after we've hustled all day at the wedding. Yes. Oh, so good. What is your wedding pump-up jam that gets you ready to go? (laughs) I know. This was such a hard one for me because my husband jokes that I hate music, which is not... which is not accurate. <laughs> We've had some yeah. people answer silence. It is not accurate. Like Kate and I grew up dancers. Like we danced competitively. That's how we became such good friends. And oh. so I think repetition of music like literally gives me PTSD because of that. Yes, I oh. totally under. I grew up a dancer too, and I. Totally so my understand. husband loves to listen to the same things over and over again, and it drives me nuts that I just want silence. Like I drive in silence because so much goes on in my brain. I just want to hear nothing sometimes after like a logistically crazy day. 
So I know that's not a sexy totally answer, understand. but I genuinely think I get PTSD <laughs> from repetitive music. <laughs> no, I love that. No, no, it's literally some people like that's where they get the the brain's juices flowing and yeah, just yeah. Thinking. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. What um, are you, Kate? You know what? I like all types of music, but I my husband like has a million Spotify playlists, and he knows like every single band on earth and I will just listen to whatever is on the radio and then when I'm really feeling it I really want to listen to like 90s alternative like coffee house music like um best way latte I ever had song so I feel like that's just like I love those types of that type of music love it so what are your favorite things to do outside of planning and design? Um, for me, it's spending time with my family. Um, so I have a two-year-old, which is a really fun age. And so really anything that I do with him is hilarious. Um, lately, <laughs> we've been very into cooking because we have a lot of time. And like we cook as a family. My husband also enjoys cooking. So watching a two-year-old like crack eggs is like literally the funniest thing ever. <laughs> um, so I definitely enjoy um, this explorative time that he's having right now. It's a really fun age. And well, quarantine life sucks, this has been a really <laughs> wonderful silver lining to get some extra time with him before he becomes a big brother. Oh, yeah. that is sweet. And also, I love it that you guys really are yin and yang because, Kate, didn't you say that you were the one that Yeah, yeah, cooking? I'm terrible cook. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We- <laughs> yes. Erica has always cooked when we lived together, like post college. She would like make us family meals. And so I like, yeah, oh I gosh. genuinely have never cooked. So I would say what I like doing is going out to restaurants <laughs> and one of my family as well. And then Disneyland, it's a, just a front runner in my life. We just love it. For sure. Favorite oh God, ride? Space Mountain, of course. But um, Peter Pan's flight is like my ultimate favorite. Love yeah. it. Love it. What is the best education or book or podcast you've learned from in your business? So uh, yeah, I'm really bad at this, to be honest with you. Like I enjoy reading, but for some reason I never read content that like will help us as business owners, which is terrible to admit. I I need to be better. Um, But several years ago, I read a book called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor, and it's about positive psychology. Um, And well, I don't think that I always do the best job of implementing it. It is something that I think about a lot. I'm definitely more of like a realist. I wouldn't call myself a pessimist, but I also wouldn't call myself an optimist. And I think that the happiness advantage helps you like retrain your brain into thinking about situations in a positive way as opposed to a negative one, which is how Mm -hmm. our bodies are like pre-wired and it is a fantastic book and an even better TED talk. His TED talk is amazing. Ooh, good to know. Oh, I'll have to give that yeah, a listen. Definitely. I'm, I'm thinking that it might be a podcast now. Am that I, I don't know because you know I'm a terrible that? podcaster. If it's not about, if it's not about murder, <laughs> I don't listen to it. That's Christine over uh, here. Yeah. I'm like, my yes, murderino. Murder <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so oh my god. How about you? I, you know what? I don't even have an answer. I am so bad at like this. I, I can't even think of anything. I guess I've never learned anything in art ever. Um, <laughs> I think you guys are just naturally creative and good business owners and you stay in your lane and you're like, I'm not going to fill it with a bunch of other. I think that's real though. Like just, we are who we are. Yeah. And we definitely just have our heads down and we're like, eye on the prize and like, we're hustling. Like we have said a million times, like we are the worst. What's that word, Erica? When we go out and like hang out with other people. Networkers. (laughs) Networkers. 
networkers. <laughs> um, we like very rarely go to like networking functions in like our town, and we need to be better about that. Okay, oh, yeah, are who you are. This is, this is us. <laughs> what is um one daring leap you've taken in your business? Oh, everyone, every leap has been daring. <laughs> I, I think anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. Like nothing that you do in business feels comfortable. If it does, it probably means you're not going far True. enough. So I would argue yes. that like genuinely every pivot we've made has felt really overwhelming and really daring. And so far they've all paid off. I'm so like the few times that we have talked in situations like about our business, I feel like the theme has always been pivot and we haven't said it once on this podcast. I'm surprised. So we pivot a lot in business. And I think that that becomes apparent if you followed us for a long time or if you know us as people like outside of just what you see on the internet is that we really mm-hmm. prioritize pivoting. So if you talk to members of our team, they will tell you that like things every six months change and almost always for the better. And if it's not for the better, we pivot again. And so that has been really a hallmark mm-hmm. of how we've grown Bloom and Blueprint is that every six months we do a pulse check and we say, are things going well? What can we be doing better? How can we better empower our team? How can we better empower each other? And then we change and sometimes gives our team a little bit of whiplash. But in the end, I think it has evolved us in a positive way over the course of six years. And the few times that we've made a big leap and it's been like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done that. You know, we were able to backtrack it really easily because we do change so frequently. I was going to say, it's often enough that you're not staying stagnant, but it's not too quickly that it's like every other, you know, day where they feel like... Exactly. I feel like our team would like run for the hills if we were like that. Um, And we've really been blessed with a wonderful group of people who have like got on the crazy train with us. And so it's enough that like we feel like we're adding value. And then we're also empowering the people that work on our, the BB squad to also like bring their input to the party and to say what they think would make their jobs or their lives easier and then really add value to that. Yeah, I think that's great because a lot of people, I feel like as creatives, we get comfortable a lot and don't push ourselves enough to feel that uncomfortable all the time. So for you guys to do that so often and to switch things up is great and a great lesson for people to learn is just keep going. Speaks volumes to where you're at I would agree. I think pivoting is like why we found accidental success. (laughs) (laughs) So what is one thing each of you feel like you're great at in your business? Oh gosh. For me, processes. I love processes. Like I like processes in everything that I do. And so we've spent a lot of energy being intentional over the course of our business. And every once in a while, I try to like put processes on Kate too, but she resists occasionally. (laughs) Um, But nope. Exactly. No process. So I'll take it. Um, But processes, I definitely think help. So we have a team of 15 and it fluctuates. Like not all 15 people work with us all the time. And some of those 15 include like Mm -hmm. family members and people that we also have personal relationships with. And so I think process really helps so that even in situations where maybe you feel like expectations aren't clear, like there's a process there that we can fall back on. And I think that's really important, Mm -hmm. especially when you're not just two people. Like you know, you're doing multiple events a day, multiple events a week, having a process to fall back on really makes it so that everyone doesn't want to rip their hair out and kill each other. Mm-hmm. 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 I love that. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, you, I Kate? would say 
I don't know that I'm a good listener outside of business, but in business, in terms of our clients, I feel like I'm a good listener um, and I can really kind of dissect what people are saying and what they're trying to describe to me in a way that makes them feel like comfortable and like validated. I'm like, yeah, keep explaining. And they're like, no, this sounds messy or don't look at my Pinterest board because it's all over the place. But I just have a way of kind of dissecting, you know, keywords of what people are saying in a way that I can develop a design for them. And um, so I feel like that's probably what I'm best at. And in, in that when I go to deliver the design, they're like, oh, this was exactly what I was trying to say. But now like, I see it visually. Um, so that's really, I think what I try to be good at. And I hope I am. <laughs> she's great at it. She's being, she's yes. being humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love both your answers. I feel like we should have asked you to answer yeah. for the other person. <laughs> I, I think we would have said the exact same thing. Agreed. I totally agree. been so long. So where can our uh, listeners find you on your w- website? Instagram? Yep. Website and Instagram. Instagram's definitely our platform that we can update more often. Our website, I will be honest, we don't know how to edit it. So. <laughs> So, um, I was there for a few years. I um, Eric, Eric, yeah, did figure out right. the like contact us page to like update our new address. But in terms of like up to date photos, they're not there. They're definitely housed <laughs> on Instagram. But we are going through a refresh to our brand this summer, so we'll have a new website sometime this year. But yeah, Instagram for sure. At Blue and Blueprint. Woo! <laughs> Awesome. Yes. So to close out, ladies, what is one thing you want to dare our listeners to do after hearing your episode? I think I would dare people to like lean into their authenticity. I genuinely think that people try to create something that feels like it's what other people want, but it's not true to who they are. And I think you're going to have the most success when people feel like they get to know the real you and when your brand reflects that. So find your authenticity and lean in. Yeah. Yeah. I totally piggyback on that because I think in terms of our aesthetic, like this is always who like I wanted us to be, but I wasted a lot of time trying to be a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I think if I would have focused on like the authenticity of like us sooner, we would have gotten at least visually where we wanted to go sooner. I feel like behind the scenes and on our planning side, we, while we have pivoted, I think we're very similar to where we started. So yeah. Yes. I love it. Such great advice for our listeners. So we so appreciate you both coming on and talking to us on Dare to Develop today. Thank yes. You. Thank you, ladies. Thank it was you. a pleasure to meet you a year ago. Which I know crazy. that went so quickly. It was <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we can't wait to see how our listeners take your advice and dare to figure out lean in to who they are and apply Thanks that. Thanks so much, their ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you all enjoyed listening to Kate and Erica of B&B and how they have run their business together efficiently as a team. Yes, the team aspect, the narrowing down to their specific 
aesthetic and niche is just so inspiring as someone who loves color and hopes to slowly integrate more and more of that into the my work. I was just so inspired about staying true with your authenticity of who you are, what you love to do. And just they pointed out the fact that we all are better workers when we're doing what we love. And so the more we lean into that, the better work we're going to produce. So we dare you all to figure out what you love and niche down and find your true authentic self. So we'll see you next time on Dare to Develop. I'm Christine. And I'm Ashley. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for joining us today on Dare to Develop. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review if you love today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at daretodeveloppodcast.com and follow along on IG at Dare to Develop. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.